Chapter 15 As we've learned the hard way in recent years politically, people in power, regardless of how negative the outside world might judge them, almost always perceive what they're doing as fundamentally right and necessary. Yes, they sometimes regret certain means they use to achieve their ends, but aside from the overt psychopath, no matter how black their deeds, power freaks never seem to judge themselves as evildoers. Even Hitler, as I'd learned in grad school, fervently believed that his most inhumane orders were fully justified and necessary for the advancement of his vision, his country, his projected world culture, and he perceived everyone who opposed him as sinister negative forces of decadence and chaos. Vaguely mulling over such notions, I followed Bernardo up the circular flight of stairs. I didn't know right then if I was going to attack him or laud him. All I knew was that this man was Mahi's twin brother, and therefore we were somehow already engaged. Some flow had brought me down here to this lake, and over here to this hacienda, and up step by step into this unique dome room that I was now walking into. Do make yourself comfortable, Bernardo said in English, sounding friendly if somewhat distant. He moved gracefully, took a seat on the sofa, and indicated for me to do likewise. He calmly crossed his legs and let his expensively shod foot dangle city-style. Then he looked out over the lake, as if lost in some momentary trance or meditation. I sat down at the other end of the sofa, five feet distant from him, getting a good look at his craggy nose, thin dry lips, slight but determined shoulders, definitely not an identical twin. He looked like a confident young Latino businessman, ready for a casual chat. So nice place, I said casually. I'll bet you didn't inherit all this from your dad. Bernardo met my words with a dark look. His eyes were green-black and bright with some interior fire. I came into this property by putting myself humbly in devout service, he explained, to a man whose family owned these lands ever since the conquest. Juliano was unobtrusively gay. There were no direct heirs. His finances were in a shambles by the time we met, and I found I could understand stocks and bonds quite easily. Then Juliano fell ill and died. That was four years ago. But I have a meeting in an hour in the city. I'm told you know my sister. How would you know that? I countered. As a precaution for my sister's safety, she was under surveillance the day you met her. My team in Marin was dealing with many concerns at once that day. What concerns, I said? Robbing museums? Bernardo smiled slightly and leaned forward. On the coffee table in front of us was a beautiful covered ceramic pot. Reaching in, he came out with the jade carving. I gasped, assuming Bernardo had gotten the real thing somehow from El Maestro. 
Then I realized it was probably the fake piece. He held the naked genitals admirably, then placed the piece on the table in front of us. Yes, this was our focus in Marin, he said. So I responded without thinking, as they say, Mala Nueva. Bernardo jerked his head, caught off guard. Why do you say those words, he growled. And I might ask, I countered, using my professor tone to bait him a bit, why this strange fixation on priestly phallic stuff? Reviving phallus worship doesn't seem especially helpful. It's an outdated aberration. Balancing male and female is what humanity needs right now. Bah, Bernardo barked back, scowling at me contemptuously. You speak like a goddamn eunuch. The female principle on its own has no power at all. Fuck all this goddamn Ala Nueva bullshit. He paused, catching himself almost shouting. Yes, well, please, you must excuse my intensity, he said, slipping back into his suave mode. This matter is of such great importance. This artifact might carry ancient wisdom, essential male clarity and power. But power to do what? I pushed. My essential role here, he went on calmly, is to experimentally merge the ancient wisdom with our new tech advances, and then employ this power for the good of all. And Jack, you being here with me at this particular moment, is no mere coincidence. Mahi has identified you as vital to what's happening this week. Therefore, I shall relate to you as the Nokalito presence. Hey, I said, I'm surprised that you're so superstitious. This has nothing to do with superstition, he said back at me. We are talking about a level of reality, a higher dimension of personal power, that's already been scientifically verified in quantum equations. But although I myself am free from family superstitions, unfortunately my father remains lost in antiquated mindsets, and my sister and grandmother as well. There's a great difference between genuine personal power and delusions of grandeur. And, of course, I put in caustically, people with those delusions usually don't know they're deluded. Bernardo didn't catch the barb. That's exactly the case with Mahi, he went on. Her superstitions, her terrorist activity, her paranoia, her belief that I wish her harm. Ask anyone around the lake, excluding her father, of course, and they will tell you how I have struggled since she returned from Europe, just to keep her alive. And now, in these extreme times, my hope is that before she's shot down like a dog dead in the street, I can bring her here and protect her. This is why I sent Ursula to bring you to me, you can perhaps help. I don't see how, I said. Then, perhaps, he went on, this moment is the proper time to tell you something. I don't think you and I ever met up north. 
You were at Berkeley while I was at Stanford, but both Ursi and I were studying under your father. I was using a different name at that time, and after learning what he had to teach us, we made him an offer to join us. Way before his untimely demise, Ursi and I were already working down here, advancing his theories and fulfilling his vision at quite exponential levels. There are without question much higher forces than those Einstein identified. Surely you realize this truth. Within certain quantum realms, especially when dealing with consciousness itself, remarkable events are possible. When I am tapped into Ursi's equipment, I now live within five dimensions, and that fifth dimension is where the jade phallus becomes highly relevant. This is also where you can perhaps be of help, as Nokalito. But come on, I reacted. You don't actually believe in all that reincarnation nonsense. Bernardo reached again for the jade piece and inspected its various yang curves. I am like you, Jack, a complete believer in scientific reality. But I've already experienced, as has Mahi, the fact that sequential ceremonial procedures can indeed evoke archetypal entities to act as a catalyst to access ancient embedded information and guidance. That's quite a mouthful, I countered. But what you're talking about exists only in science fiction. But, he said, you must admit that science fiction often serves as the prophet of science. But to the point, Mahi has perceived you as carrying the Nokalito charge. All I'm asking, Jack, is that you honor her perception and contribute by adding this possible Nokalito dimension to our equation. And how would I do that? I asked. Simply by being present when we insert this ancient artifact into our system tomorrow. With or without your added dimension, I am now set to discover directly, via seven electrodes embedded in microregions of my brain, how the interaction of ancient programming might impact human consciousness. I will be the first human being in the world to have this experience. But please, the experience will be most dramatic if Mahi is also participating. In the name of science, I ask you to do your very best to bring her with you to add her unique dynamic element tomorrow. For your participation during the next three days, regardless of what unfolds, I am offering you a hundred thousand dollars in cash, plus a retreat house in your name over in Panahachel for you and Mai to enjoy together. And if I decide not to, I said. Bernardo clunked the jade piece down on the table. Then Juanito the deluded gringo shall simply carry on with his paltry life without fulfilling your father's deeper vision. I held his intense gaze a moment without flinching. Then 
I stood up and walked over to the classical guitar I had seen earlier leaning against the sofa, and picked it up. You play this, I asked. Whenever I am calm enough to do so, he said. The instrument was a gift from my grandfather. So, I said, we at least share one common point of sanity. I put it down and walked over to the sleek mahogany cabinet that separated the circular room into front and back, and, without thinking, opened its middle door. Inside was a compressed array of electronic cables, hard drives, and a bunch of sophisticated metal boxes holding who knows what and lining the inner back of the cabinet was some kind of thick gold metal plate. Bernardo appeared at my side, holding the jade carving in both hands. You've gravitated naturally to the very heart of our system, he said, where my brain's personalized algorithms of cognitive intent are introduced into Ursula's dedicated electronic masterpiece. That back plate is our local broadcast unit, set to inundate this room with whatever resonant content I choose. We also now have much more powerful broadcast systems for our more expansive intentions. He made a move, opened the cabinet right-hand door, and carefully placed the jade piece on a soft blue pad where seven gold strands of curved metal were hanging down, encircling the blue-green shaft of the carving with a particular complex geometry. With my brain permanently wired for various dimensions of high-tech engagement, he told me proudly, the old headgear is now unnecessary. When this switch is on, my brain becomes connected directly to the data analysis and microwave broadcast computers down below. The computers identify the specific bioelectric configuration of my brain's verbal focus of intent, and that cognitive data gets morphed into a specific encapsulation of my thought flow and broadcast outward into whatever brains are within range. A single person or room with this unit, or a whole community, depending on the broadcast technology we choose to activate. Uh, sorry, I said. I just don't believe you can do that. All right, then, he said. Allow me to demonstrate. Without hesitation, he flipped a master switch, and a bunch of colored lights came alive within the cabinet. Now you can just close your eyes, he told me, and I'll communicate a simple thought and its related emotion directly into your inner awareness. Although half scared out of my wits by the situation, I also felt powerfully intrigued to find out if all this might actually work. If so, it was indeed my father's vision early in his career coming true. Bernardo closed his eyes, and I stood there staring at him, then turned and looked out across the rippling water of the lake down below. Everything right then felt perfectly normal. 
Nothing unusual was happening. There was just my breathing and the physical feel of my body and the usual word buzz in the back of my mind. Then I noticed something subtle happening on the surface of my skin, a feeling of warmth, well-being, peace. My eyes closed on their own, and my thoughts became quiet as the feeling increased, a subtle sense of contentment similar to what I'd felt before with Ursula's hologram machine. And then some faint internal shift occurred, and my attention began to turn into the presence of an interior visual image. And suddenly I found myself experiencing several distinct words, deep within my mind. The words seemed to be welling up under pressure and stimulating very slight, enjoyable movements of my tongue. I could almost see the written words, and then I was hearing them as well, and I already knew these words by heart. Let us trust and love one another. Yes, I found myself thinking, trust, love. The inner energetic glow suddenly began to dissipate, but in my heart I could still hear what seemed to be my own voice, saying, Trust. Love one another. I opened my eyes and found Bernardo watching me, smiling confidently. So, he said, completely benign, yes? That was just very basic, delivered with minimal broadcast power. But now you've experienced for yourself how powerful and positive the effect can be. But there's one aspect your father never realized, which makes this all so much easier for mass consumption. Beneath all the one-liner judgments, the core beliefs and attitudes that get passed on from one generation to another, there are twelve root attitudes Emotional resonances that all of humanity seem programmed with from birth. Half of them are negative, half positive. Ursi and I have identified the six positive resonance harmonics, and we can broadcast and permanently anchor these optimal moods through eliciter phrases such as the one I put into your head just now. It's all about taking our collective fate into our own hands. Thus shall humanity be born anew, through a rapid conscious evolution of our religious impulses, via purposeful tech guidance. End of story. I blew air loudly out through my lips. Well, shit, I said, and I admit I did feel it myself. This is amazing. So how far out does that gold plate broadcast? I had it set, he explained, for this room, but when I flip this switch here, I can broadcast to everyone in this via at the same time. This tech insert has enabled our team to perform at superior, superb levels. And now we have much more powerful broadcast equipment that we'll be testing very soon here on the lake.
I shall communicate pure peace and trust to all my fellow Atitlan residents. And we also have mobile broadcast units in production to deliver a focused solve of peace and cooperation wherever needed in the world. Um, I asked, you and who else? He smiled that slightly devious or deluded smile of his. Several private friends in Washington are in position to deliver my tech to the military, to entirely eliminate terrorism. Just the purposeful spreading of pure peace right into the heart of rogue governments and terrorist compounds. But don't you realize, I blurted out, that this whole system is just a super high-tech version of brainwashing. Jack, please. We're no more manipulative than media advertising, where everyone submits to a constant barrage of mostly negative materialist brainwashing. The difference is that we'll be broadcasting only the purest spiritually grounded suggestions based on universally held values of the perennial philosophy. Except that in your case, I pointed out, no one will know they're being subjected to brainwashing, let alone ask for it. Jack, hear me clearly. I've been guided by spirit to create this system and perform this task. I trust impeccably in my spiritual source. But I said, why not go public? Offer what you've created openly and voluntarily to those who want it. Bah! You know as well as I do that the particular people who most need this transformation would never voluntarily ask for it. Terrorists would be the very last to submit to such a peace-inducing treatment. Bernardo reached carefully, removing the carving from the cabinet and placing it on the coffee table. So tell me, I asked him, what actually happened scientifically when you connected that jade piece to Ursula's computers? Did you feel tuned into that ancient source just now? Jack, that's the whole point, he said. We know now that this piece is nothing but glass. The real jade has not yet arrived, but I'm confident that it soon shall. My father comes here tomorrow, and with him will come the authentic peace. So I pushed him, you're now the chosen one ready to broadcast your own personal thoughts to influence the world at large. Yes, he said, I am willing to assume this responsibility if necessary, but I yearn for Mahi to return, to be at my side as I do this. You do know, I assume, that she was institutionalized in Europe with paranoid schizophrenia. She needs constant loving care and guidance. We must work together, you and I, toward this reunion. Yes? Well, I said, we'll see. Jack, the very future that your father dreamed of is so very close to being manifest. I intend to heal the ingrained sickness that permeates our world culture. Otherwise, 
As I'm sure you realize, there is no hope for humankind. Our outmoded amygdala will destroy us all. So I said finally, let me see if I have this right. You're proposing some kind of enlightened spiritual dictatorship to determine what people everywhere are going to think and feel. Bernardo scowled at that, almost reacted, but then caught himself. There's nothing negative about inserting a clean universal spiritual inclination, he said, into people's minds. I'm offering you the chance to participate in a unique leap of science. Help us fulfill the prophecies. Make this lake and the world more peaceful, harmonious, and safe. So, okay then, I said evenly, what do you need me to do? Very simple, he responded. Spend tonight again at the hot springs. Return here and be fully present tomorrow at the correct ceremonial moment as Nokalito. And please bring Mahi with you. Her guidance could prove vastly important. As I took in the words, my gut impulse shifted toward action, toward just getting the hell away from this man. He might be brilliant and dedicated, but he was obviously deluded in extremis. No one should play God. That had been my father's driving ethos. Well, I finally spoke up. I admit I'm impressed by all this. Like you say, it's a fulfillment of everything my dad envisioned. So yeah, I'll come back over tomorrow. I wouldn't miss it for anything. Good, good, he said. I knew you'd see the light. You respond well to reason. He glanced at his watch. Ursula will take you back. Relax, enjoy your afternoon. Tomorrow morning I'll send a boat for you. Now I'm sorry, but I must leave. I have urgent business in the city. If you encounter my beloved sister, ask her to contact me immediately. The police want her dead. Her life depends on my protection. Until tomorrow then, he said, and without so much as a handshake, he turned and headed down the stairs and was gone.